I want to just look at some of these scriptures and, and really lead us into a place of looking at Jesus. It's easy when we arrive at church that we can, you know, preach about what we can do better, what we should do less and do more. And those things are important. The values that we hold to as a church are vitally important. But it all, it really is a response of looking at Jesus. Why do we worship, for example? Why do we give? Why do we do what we do? Is it just because we're going through the motions? Is it just because this is what church does? Or is it actually out of a response of what Jesus has done for us and who he is today in our lives? All we do should be a response of looking at him. So Jesus is the light. Amen? He is the light. He is the light. And I want to mention one or two things just on the back of, of that. What, what Johannes mentioned, that he is before all things. He holds everything together. That's why we shared the testimony, because Jesus knows. Did you know that? Like you're sitting here this morning, each person is going through something different. Jesus knows. Isn't that comforting? That Jesus knows. And, and, and it's, it's not necessarily the case that, that everyone should know, but Jesus knows. Maybe your community leader or, or the elders or the deacons, they don't always know the deepest part of your heart, but Jesus knows. And that's a comforting thing. It's a bit scary for me, but it's comforting knowing that Jesus knows. He is before all things. He created me and you. It's beautiful. And in Colossians, thank you, you Henry, for, you know, taking my, yeah, it's like sharing the end of the, the movie before watching it. But, <laughs> but in Colossians 1, 16 to 17, for him, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. So it's not just Jesus, God didn't just create you, he created you for him. Isn't that beautiful? He didn't create you so that you can live your life and you kind of do whatever you want. He, he created you for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is in control. And for us as Christians, we need to give him that control in our lives. And you know, sometimes things just seem out of control in our lives. It's a reality. Life happens. So it doesn't mean everything will just run smoothly. But you know who holds your life together. When you look at the, the disciples in the Bible, some of them actually lost their lives for Jesus. So how does that make sense? But in that, you know that Jesus held their lives together. In the midst of persecution, in the midst of distress or whatever we're going through, Jesus holds our life together and we should actually have him have control. He holds us. Does he hold you? Does he hold you? I'm probably going to refer a lot to James in the next couple of months, you know, because I'm getting so much revelation of the Father in recent times. But it just feels like when I hold him, he, he can't hold himself, really. He just, hold me. 
you know. And that's how, that's how we should. We should just, in faith, Father, hold me. You know, sometimes we kick and scream and, you know, what, whatever babies do. And it's, you know, but we need to tr- learn to trust the Father, that He is the one holding us. He holds us. Whatever happens in our lives, that we, whether we can explain it or not, we can trust Him, knowing that He holds us. And I want to say that nothing takes Him by surprise. Nothing takes Him by surprise. It was quite a surprise for us going through the birth, you know, because we had a plan. And how many of us, we have plans, and then something changes. You know, some of the students, I've got a plan, and then something changes. You know, and, and often that's the case. We, we, we have a set way of thinking about things, don't we? And often our being set in our ways can actually limit God in what He wants to do. So we need to learn to trust Him. We really need to trust and trust Him with our plans. Like every plan, everything in our lives, we, he, he doesn't, he, he, he's not taking by surprise. So it's not like, you know, something happens in your life and, and Jesus is like, oh, I didn't see that coming. Oh, Father, what, what, should, we, what should we do? Uh, okay, let's, okay. no, he knows. He's not, we do get surprised because we're not God. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but God knows. God knows. So I want to actually ask us not to put Jesus in a box. Don't put Jesus in a box. Look, looking at that birth, we can clearly, as we look back, see the hand of God in different moments. The anesthetist, is that the right word? Or the guy who gives anesthetics? Um, he, was, he was on call at home. He was actually the second guy on call. And they said, listen, it's going to probably take an hour for him to, to arrive. And it probably took 15 minutes and he was there. I'm like, whoa, that's quick. That's great. Um, less pain. And an hour could have made a big difference in just in, in the buildup of this. And so everything was, was really God got new. But if we have placed God in a box... Just, no, this is our way. This is what we're going to do. And we are not flexible at times. We could have missed something. And we don't have to be overly hard on ourselves looking back at decisions we've made. We need to, you know, ask for forgiveness if we've made a mistake and trust God moving forward. But we shouldn't put God in a box. Like, it's more, Lord, I, th- I think this is my plan. And I'm trusting you. What do you think? And we get people alongside us to help us see God clearly. But if we are so set in our ways that, no, this is definitely how it's going to be. Yo. Well, uh, let's pray that it happens. But we know life happens. So we, we should really trust God. He is the light that we follow. He is the light. If you look at a light, you, you stare at the light and you follow the light. So uh, this is a chaotic structure to my preach, I know. But my first point was, he is before all things. 
And my second thing that I want to mention is in Him, we find life. In Him, we find life. Where do you find life? It, it should be in Him. Now, verse 4, we just read, In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the, dark, the darkness has not understood it or overcome it. We can have a confidence this morning that God is the light. He is the light. Darkness has not overcome it. It's a real battle that we're in. You need to know that. You need to know it, that we're in a battle this morning. We're in a battle. A battle between light and darkness. And, and at times we're aware of it. At times we are just oblivious to what's happening in the spiritual realm. And many of the, the things that happens in the spiritual, spiritual realm translates into the physical here and there. And so there's a battle. I'm not referring to just, you know, I'm a bit offended with Paul type of battle, which never happens. <laughs> but it's a spiritual battle at stake, and, and we know who, who's the winner. We know who won the victory. It's kind of that spoiler that Paul referred to. You know it's happening at the end, you know. But there's still battles that we're going to face in this life until he comes back of light and darkness, always clashing. It doesn't take much to see that the darkness are getting more dark and the light are, should actually become more light in today's life. And so don't be surprised when it happens. Don't be surprised when you see the dark becoming more dark in this world. If you see the brokenness just escalating in this world, it's going to happen. But there's a call for us as Christians that the light should become even more light. That we can actually reflect Jesus and be the answer. Not, I'm not the answer, but we've got Jesus in us who is the answer to a dark, broken world. In Him is the light. Nothing else, really. He, he is the life. He is the life. You know, again, sorry, James, my boy. When I, it's interesting, when I put on the light of the room, he just stares at it. <laughs> it's weird. It's, 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 it is interesting, actually. Like, at times we just want to keep the room dark because we want him to sleep. But at times, you know, we can't see, so we need to actually put on, just put on a light. And then he just stares at the light. And suddenly the, cry, the cries are gone, you know, the stomach pains are gone. He's just staring at the light. And it's so interesting. And, and then he's awake, and then, and then we're sitting with him for a few hours. <laughs> but he just stares at the light. And how different are we? I mean, personally, when I sleep, and your Henry puts on the light, whether accidentally or on purpose, we won't know. <laughs> but if she puts on the light, I'm already like, whoa, no, whoa. You know, please put off the light. Yeah, we can realize. It, it really, it's like when, when it's dark and when you're sleepy, you don't want the light to be on, you know. I recently, I saw a, a video of Adams and Lisa. I, the, Adams is a bit sick this morning. But... Uh, 
of Lucas on his birthday, the one morning a few, a few, a few weeks ago, you know, when uh, they put on the light in his room to, you know, we're going to celebrate your birthday. I'm like, no, don't put off the light. Put off. And it was so interesting, you know. And uh, we often have that same reaction when, when the light is switched on, when we're in, in a bit of a darkness. No, no, put off the light. But there's something simplistic and beautiful of James' response of just staring at the lights. Just staring at the lights. And how often do we find ourselves just hiding away from the lights? Just, no, 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 it's too bright. Oh, no, no, put off. And we, we actually get comfortable in darkness. You know, what happens? This is, this is what happens. I've, uh, for those of you, I know, Theo and some others are you know, massive into hiking and walking up mountains and stuff. Um, and and I, I remember once when I walked a trail and it was kind of dark. It, it wasn't during the day, it was actually at night. And at first it's like, whoa, it's quite dark. There's no way that we're going to walk on this trail. But if you give it a, enough time, your eyes actually adapt. It's amazing. You're like, your eyes adapt to the darkness, actually. A few minutes, maybe, and then the next... Is that true? It doesn't happen, right? My wife is an optometrist, so she said it's true. But uh, <laughs> your eyes adapt, and then the next moment you can actually walk. You, you walk the trail that you wanted to do. It's a bit... You know, it's actually... It can be lighter, yeah, but your eyes adapt it, and so you can actually walk and not fall off the mountain. All right? But the thing is, that's not how we're supposed to see. That really isn't how we should, is supposed to see. What happens then if you put on your torch, like your headlamp, suddenly like, whoa, there's a rock that I actually didn't see. Whoa, it's actually quite steep down here. <laughs> and suddenly you realize how you are ought to see. And I think comfort is a killer. Because we get comfortable in darkness. That's why we, we, we actually don't want to put on the light when we wake up in the morning. It's just it's, it's too comfortable. And for us as Christians, we should never get comfortable in any, any form of darkness. Any form of that's not the light. Don't let your eyes adapt to the darkness and think you're walking in the light. There's a standard that Jesus is looking for because he is the light and it's him. Anything other than him, we are fooling ourselves. We are deceiving ourselves. We're getting used to that's not him. We are, our eyes are adapting to what is not him. We need him. We need him. There's so much more for us. Don't, don't adapt. Be transformed by Him. All right. We created by Him and for Him. Can I say this? That God didn't create you to find life in things that Jesus died for on the cross. God didn't create you to find life in anything other than the person that died on the cross. 
He didn't create you so that you can find life in the things that the world can offer you, the sin that looks so attractive to this world. He didn't create you to find life in those things. He created you to find life on the person that died on the cross for those things. We need to find life in Him, and we need to learn how to find life in Him. It's vitally important. He is our source of life. We just need to stay in Him. We just need to remain in Him. You know, in John 15, listen to this, verse 14 and 15. You are my friends if you do what I command. Is that the right one? I don't know. Probably not. Sorry, I, I think I gave you the wrong one. But the one I've got here, <laughs> remain in me. As I also remain in you, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you, can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And then Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So there's a call to remain in him. Remain in him. How do we finish our race as a Christian one day when we either die or Jesus comes back for us? We need to remain in Him. We need to remain in Him. He is the vine. He's the vine and the vine. Yeah. And we are the branches. Like now in, in wintertime, you see a lot of leaves falling off and branches falling off and those other things, and we kind of get dry all around us. But as Christians, we should be those that always bear fruit for Him. Not being allowed to, to be changed by the seasons and the things and this and that. As Christians, we need to bear fruit. And yes, we do go through times where we feel dry, more dry than other times. And those times might be from God or it might not be from God. But ultimately, we need to be remaining in Him. Remaining in Him. Drinking from the source. Drinking from Him. But if we're going to look for life in anything other than Him, we're going to run dry anyway at some stage. And I, I've, I've tried many things in life. And I know some of you might have tried different things in life as well. Looking for life. Looking for things that can sustain you. Right? No, none of you, I know. But Jesus is the one that will ultimately sustain us. Remain in Him. Remain in the light. And just follow Him. Just follow Him. It's interesting if the, we're not going to put off the lights now, but it, let's say this room was dark and we just put a little torch there at the back. It will just suddenly, you just know that there's the lights. It's and you want to go to the light. Make sure you've got the light inside. Does it make sense? Plug into him. And the nice thing, the wonderful opportunity that he gives us is that it, it can happen from today. It's from today. Just ask him, Lord, come into my life. Lord, I want to plug into you. And then my last point that I want to make, and then we, I want us to worship after that, out of a response of just looking at him. In um, 
verse 6 in John 1, verse 6, as we just read. It's referring to John the Baptist. And there came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. I just want to see how far I'm going to read here. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light. And that light is Jesus. So John the Baptist, he came to witness. No, he came as a witness to testify about Jesus. So that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. So he didn't point to himself. He came only as a witness to the light. Isn't that beautiful? You know, why do we share testimonies? Not to, oh yeah, and you're hungry. You guys are amazing. No, no, no. It's, it's not about pointing to us. It's about pointing to the light. We came only as a witness about the light. And we, for us as Christians, that's, that's our mandate. That's our call. It's like we are not here to, I have arrived. No, no, no. We are here to, we are as witnesses about the light. And it's a humble position. Doesn't, it really it should be a humble position. Like, it's really not about me. It's about him. If you, if you get a breakthrough, if, you, if you're trusting God for something, if something happens in your life that you want to testify about, like recently we had a couple of baptisms. Someone's getting baptized today as well. It's not about, yeah, I've got baptized. Yeah, there is a celebration to it. But it's more about what Jesus has done and what he's still going to do. And that's, that's the way we should live our lives. In our workplace, in, in our homes, in our schools, in our university. Wherever we find ourselves, we are a witness about the light. So what is a witness? I studied law for a full year, <laughs> so I know all about what a witness is. <laughs> um, but to, to really summarize it in my own words, a witness really is someone that shares what he has seen and what he has heard. You know? And for us as witnesses about Jesus, we should be those that shares what we have seen and shares what we have heard of Jesus. And that's why we read our Bibles, because we want to know what he, what he said. We want to know what he's saying. That's why we want to continually be filled with the Holy Spirit, because we want to be led by him, knowing what he's saying the here and now as well. That's why we want to keep on growing in our relationship with Jesus because we're learning more about Him. And as we grow in this journey with Him, we share what we experienced. Some of you had amazing experiences with Jesus in the past or even in recent times, and we need to trust God for more experiences with Him because He's not just an intellectual being. It's not, just a, it's not an intellectual relationship. It's an experiential relationship as well. That's why if you, if you come to church, we, have, we should have an expectation that we're going to meet with him today. We're going to meet with him today. It's like, oh, I have finished up. I want to worship, man. Come on. I want to meet with him. We need to trust for those moments. And as we experience him, we need to share. We need to be those that shares what we have seen and what we've heard him say. 
but we've seen him say as well. Now, John the Baptist, he didn't point to himself. He pointed to Jesus, the light, who called to be a people like John the Baptist, preparing the way for Jesus, for the second coming. Jesus is coming back, and we need to prepare the way for his coming. And how do we do that? We share. We share him. We share about the light. There's people that still walks in darkness. But man, just look at Jesus. Look at him. He is the light. Don't wander around trying to find your way in life and you bump your head, you bump your toe because you're walking in darkness. There's a better way. And we need to be those that shares it. When lost did you share a testimony with someone? Just, you know, not your life's testimony. Give me half an hour. Let me tell you about my life. If you, got to, if you get an opportunity to do that as well. But sometimes just a, a minute or two here and there. Just, you know, if you hear someone is finding a, a challenge in their life and you know you've got a testimony about it, just bring it in. It's okay, man. You, you mentioned, you know, you're trusting for this person in your family to encounter the Lord, to get saved. You know what happened in my life? Yeah, man, I had a, such a broken family and then the Lord stepped in. You know, I'm, I'm literally just shooting from the hip here. But you, you can literally find a testimony in any topic. You don't make stuff up. They would be lying. But out of, out of your own experience, just share what Jesus had, had done in your life with people around you. Because here's the beautiful thing about the testimony. Like if Reynard comes to me, he's like, hey, man, this is what the Lord, Lord came through and this and this and that. And I can't tell you, no, 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 that's not true. I don't believe in God, so that can't be true. Like, wh- what do you mean? That's, it's a personal testimony. It's a personal experience. So, so most people will go, that's very inspiring. Thank you for sharing that, if they're not a Christian. And that might be the doorway in to their hearts. They can't tell you, you know, no, that's not true. It's what happened to my life. Yes, you may say it's not true, but this is what happened in my life. And that might be the way we uh, bring Jesus into our conversations. So I want to end off with this scripture in Matthew 5, 14 to 16. You are the light of the world. He's speaking about me and you, Christians, those that follow Jesus. You are the light of the world, a city on a hill. Can't be Bluefontaine. (laughs) A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and gives gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, Let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Just go back to verse 15, please. It gives light. We don't want to put our light away. If you are born again Christian this morning, you've got a light to shine. You don't want to hide that light. It will be actually foolish to have the light in you and you want to just Keep it away. Does it make sense? No, you want to actually lift this thing up so that you can shine your light. And that is what God is calling us as Christians in this world to be, is to let your light shine. Not your amazing charisma type of light. It's actually Jesus' light in me that I need to shine. And how many churches today shine their charisma type of light? You know, and you kind of know this is church. But actually, no, we should shine Jesus. We should shine Jesus. 
And that's the how we should live in our workplace, not just on Sunday mornings. In our homes, when our guards are a bit down, you need to shine your light. When someone drives in front of you, you need to shine your light. Yeah, not your, your car lights. <laughs> we need to be those that when people look at us, Listen to this. If people walk in darkness and they look at our lives, they should almost be like, whoa, that's bright. Whoa, it's a bit uncomfortable. Not to, on purpose, offend people, but it should be, whoa, what, what is that? What, what is that? It should be confrontational, not from us, but the Lord. That's the Holy Spirit working at times, just confronting people's sin, confronting people's lifestyle. And we should be those that really reflect the light. But then we need to actually be those that see the light. See the light. And we live from the light. It's just this, this, this weird balance of you know the light you, you see the light there but you also live from the light because he is in you so don't settle where you are now I've, I've made a decision for him once in my life and you think now that's this is it we, we are still growing to become more like him and then one day when he comes back for us we'll see fully who he is and that's the hope that we hold on to so why don't we, I want to pray for us. Maybe the band, you guys can get ready to lead us into worship this morning. Let's close our eyes. And I want us to, to focus this morning on, on the light. I want us to focus on the light. On Jesus. He is, he is our only hope. He really is. And before we just rush into a time of worship, I want to say that it's not a given this morning that everyone is in the light. It's not a given that you are in the light because the person next to you is. Each person has to get themselves to a place of surrendering their lives to the light, to Him, the one that gives life. You know, the Bible says there in, in John that I just read, yet, in verse 12, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. To all who believe in him. And many over the years have rejected him. They've rejected him as, 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 as Lord and Savior. I've rejected him for years. Although I've tried to do the right thing, Try to do the Christian thing. I've rejected him by, by not giving my life to him. Are you found in him this morning? Are you found in him? But to those who believe, it gives a life to him. It gives the right to be called children of God. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that a wonderful invitation this morning? That maybe you've, 
grown to get used to the darkness and your eyes have adapted over the years and you feel like, no man, I'm, I'm, I'm actually all right. I can see, I can go through life. But do you know that there's a light that's drawing you in this morning? It's a light that, that's calling you close. It's calling you to, to give of yourself. 